this is Kara Foster, Senior Minister of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky. You're listening to our sermon podcast. You can connect with us at firstchristianmadisonville.org or join us in person at 8.30 and 11 a.m. at 1030 College Drive in beautiful Madisonville, Kentucky. I hope you'll subscribe. Thanks. Well, we've been working our way through some of the great prayers that we see in Scripture. First talked about Paul's prayer that he prays of gratitude to the church of Philippi and that he writes from prison. And then last week it was the humble prayer of King Solomon leading the people of Israel. And this week we are going straight to the top. It's a prayer from Jesus. And what do we know about Jesus' prayer life? Well, in the Gospels, we see that he prayed for others when people were bringing little children to Jesus. Uh, He would bless them and pray for them. We know that he taught his disciples to pray. The prayer we pray every week, the Lord's Prayer, just before communion, is the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. When they saw Jesus praying, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And we know that Jesus needed to get away from it all. He In Luke 5, 16, it says, Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place and prayed. He got away from the noise and distractions of his own life, and he made sure to spend time with God in prayer. And we also see, even from the cross, Jesus' final words. He was choosing to pray. Two different times, he quotes scripture as a prayer. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Psalm 22. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Psalm 31. He was praying. Certainly he was praying as he said to the people, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. Every painful breath he took, he was choosing to pray from the cross. And our prayer for today comes not too long before the cross. It's actually just after the Last Supper. Jesus has celebrated the Passover meal with his disciples in the upper room where he took the bread and broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. And he poured the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins. He looked at them all and he washed their feet one by one and he gave them a new commandment to love as I have loved you. Now, the meal is over. Judas has run off to do what he's going to do, and Jesus needs to pray. And he goes alone to the garden, and he asks his disciples to stay nearby and keep awake with them. Of course, if you know the story well, you know that even, they can't even do that for him. They fall asleep, all of them. But while Jesus is praying, knowing what Judas is about to do, He spends his final moments going to God in prayer. And this is our passage today. It's from Luke 22, beginning in verse 41. And I invite you to read along with me. Luke 22, beginning in verse 41. It says, Then Jesus withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will. But yours be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him and gave him strength. 
And in his anguish he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down on the ground. And when he got up from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping because of grief. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not come into the time of trial. Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. We see the humanness of Jesus in this passage. We see the fear, frankly, of what's to come. If you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, your will be done. It's a prayer of relinquishing. It's a prayer of surrendering. It's a prayer of trust. Not my will, your will, God. How often have you prayed a prayer like that in your life? Personally, I think it's a hard one to pray. In fact, sometimes I think the bigger the prayer, the harder the uncertainty, the more likely I am to pray, my will be done, God. My will. And I have to say, truly, there's nothing wrong with praying prayers like that. We are supposed to to take all that we are feeling, all that we are carrying, our hopes and our fears to God. We bring our whole selves when we pray. And it's good to be honest. But I always think of the writer Anne Lamont who wrote about a time when she was flying. And I'm, I'm sort of a nervous flyer, so I always think about this every time I get on a plane. And she writes that she was on a plane with a friend and there was a bunch of turbulence. And every time the plane would drop, she was praying out loud to herself and to her friend, Lord, keep this plane in the air. And about, I don't know, third or fifth time, her friend said, don't you think it's a little late for begging prayers? It's time for trust and surrender. But here's the truth. Thank goodness God hears our begging prayers. Sometimes that's all we've got. In one of his last moments of freedom, Jesus chose to go to God in prayer and it was a prayer of trust and surrender to all that was about to happen. Not my will, your will be done, God. Sometimes that is a hard prayer to pray. I know I've told you all this joke probably a million times, but uh, for the one person in the room that hasn't heard it, this is my favorite churchy joke. And I heard it from one of my spiritual heroes, Desmond Tutu, Archbishop of South Africa, when I heard him speak years ago, he told this little joke. And the joke is that a man was hiking alone on a mountaintop all by himself when he slipped and fell and went over the edge. But he was holding on to a branch of a tree, just barely holding on with his grip of his fingers. And he yelled out, is there anybody out there? Can anybody hear me? Anybody out there? Can anyone hear me? And suddenly he hears a voice. My child, I'm here. I'm with you. I'm always with you. Just let go of that branch and you're going to be okay. Is there anybody else out there? <laughs> Trust. Trust. It is hard to do. We want to be in control. And maybe you know this too well. Maybe you've had moments in your own life where suddenly, in just a moment, you realize just how actual little you are in charge of. 
maybe a moment, maybe it's a phone call. You know, this week, I got a phone call from Mark, and I happened to be with Ann, and Mark was with Luke, and it was late afternoon, and as soon as I answered the phone, I heard it just, I don't know, he probably got two words out, and the tone of his voice, though, told me something was wrong, and so I, I wasn't even letting him talk. I was like, how's Luke? What's happened? Everybody okay? What's wrong? What's wrong? And finally, I just said, he was trying to tell me I was talking over him, and finally I said, skip to the end, and he said, we're on our way to the vet with the cat, but he's going to live. <laughs> Fun fact, everyone. It turns out that if you put a, uh, a little fishy with a hook on it on a string, it looks like a really fun time to a house cat named Ranger. He hooked himself, or as we have been prone to say, he catfished himself. Uh, on the fishing pole, and Ranger's fine. And uh, but what I realized in that phone call is that suddenly, with just the change of a tone of voice, I was remembering all the other scary phone calls I've had before in my life. You know, we make plans, we save, we weigh the pros and the cons, we take our vitamins. We look both ways when we cross the street, and sometimes, despite our best efforts to have no surprises, to never have anything bad happen to us or someone we love, we realize we aren't in control. We can't keep the car tires from going off the road. We can't make cancer go away. We can't take away someone's addiction. We can't make the company not lay hundreds of people off. We can't prevent our kids from ever having a really bad day or a hard month or a hard year. So one of my favorite authors says, we are so, so ruined and so loved and in charge of so little. Truth is, there's freedom when we recognize this in some ways. That's why of all the prayers of scripture, as I was deciding which ones I was going to share with you, this was the first one I picked. Because sometimes we need this prayer, especially sometimes when we don't want to pray this prayer. Not my will, your will be done. And even Jesus, even our Savior, needed this prayer. In that final moment, before all the horrible things that were about to happen to him, he prayed a prayer of trust and surrender. He decided to let go and whatever was going to come, relinquish his life into the hands of God. Not my will, your will be done. And the wonderful thing about this being a pastor is that I get to see that in so many of your lives. I have seen and heard you offer this prayer. I've seen you bravely let go of situations that you cannot fix or control and to surrender whatever comes next into God's hands. You know, I remember a conversation with someone right before a really big surgery, and she said to me, whatever happens next, I know my life is in God's hands. Whatever happens next, I'm in God's hands. It's the same prayer. Not my will, your will be done, God. I remember Jane, who had a daughter who had struggled with the grip of an addiction for decades, 
She had some ups, but yet so many downs over the years. And she told me that lately, when she prayed for her daughter, she had an image in her head. And she said, what I do as I pray is I just picture myself putting her in God's hands. That's my prayer. She said, I pray it every day. I picture her life, and I put her in God's hands because I know now I can't fix it. Nobody can fix it. Not my will. Your will be done, God. And I sure hope you give the prayers of your hearts to God. I hope you lay it all out there. I hope you give God the good, the bad, and the ugly of your life. I'm not going to tell you who to pray for or even how to pray for somebody. But don't forget that one of the hardest nights of Jesus' life, he offered this prayer for his own heart. Not my will. Your will be done. So when you have reached the end of your rope, when you find yourself holding on, Praying and praying and praying for some sort of peace, for some kind of understanding. It might be time for a different kind of prayer. This is a prayer of surrendering. It's relinquishing that facade of control we like to pretend we have. And trusting into the hands of God. Let's pray. Holy and gracious God, we confess to you that we like to think that we can fix it all, make it better, but the truth is, the hard truth for us to admit is that we can't. Our lives are in your hands. Give us courage to trust, to trust you beyond our own will, to know that you have promised to never leave us or forsake us, to let that promise be enough. So all our worries, all that feels so unknown to us today, give us courage to pray. Not my will, your will be done.